Welcome to the Cross or the Sword Choose Your Kingdom week number four. So far in this series, we've talked about the difference between the way the world works, which is the sword, and the way that God works, the way that Jesus worked, and that's through the way of the cross. We've talked about how different they are and how we can't merge those two together. Week one, we talked about giving up control and submitting to what God has called us to rather than our own desire to control things. Week two, we talked about not letting circumstances dictate the fruits of the Spirit in our life, that circumstances can't control our love, our joy, and our peace, and only the way of the cross can do that for us, the way the sword tries to force circumstances. Last week, we talked about how the cross is a weapon. And listen, the cross is a spiritual weapon because we have spiritual problems. So if you want to use a physical weapon, you're going to fix physical problems, but it's not going to solve the root of the issue. And so today, we want to build on that same conversation, that if the, if the cross is a weapon for the spirit world, how do we wield that? It's kind of how we were talking last week. But then we ended on this scripture found in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, that says, Our, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual forces. So today I want to talk about the question and try to wrestle through the question of how do we interact with flesh and blood? If they're not our enemy and we're following the way of the cross rather than the way of the sword, how do I interact and live with the humans that are around me that I disagree with? How do I interact and love people well when they don't maybe want to listen to the way of the cross? How do I interact with flesh and blood knowing that it's not my enemy, it's not my fight, it's not my battle, that my battle is spiritual? To answer that, I want to look at a parable that Jesus uses in Luke chapter 10. In Luke chapter 10, it's probably a parable you've heard before. It's called the Good Samaritan. In this parable, a lawyer comes up to him and asks him the question, how do I get eternal life? And in that, in that question, Jesus is like, I don't know, you're a pretty smart guy. You tell me, what have you read in Scripture? And in verse 27, the lawyer's answer is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus says, you've answered correctly. Now go and do that. But the lawyer needs another layer of questions. He's like, well, wait a minute. Who's my neighbor? And Scripture says he's trying to justify himself. I assume that he's trying to justify uh, who he can treat well and who he doesn't have to treat well. And Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. He says, there's a guy who is on his way, and he's been beaten, and he's been robbed, and he's left for dead. And the first guy to walk by him, for their illustration, it's a priest, but for us it probably is better illustrated as a pastor. There's a guy that's a pastor that walks by, and instead of helping him like he knew he should, he let fear or whatever excuse he had in his mind stop him, and he went to the other side of the road and continued to go on. Probably had all kinds of justifiable reasons why he did it. He's probably set up. He was probably just there, and he was going to be dangerous. Maybe he's got a sickness that I might get. Maybe lots of excuses of why he didn't love well. Then the next guy it says he's a Levite, which probably better is better illustrated for us as a, another Christian. And this Christian knows what he should do, but instead... For whatever reason, whatever excuse, walks to the other side of the road and leaves him. And there's a third guy. And this third guy is a Samaritan. And the Samaritans are despised by everybody Jesus is talking to. All of those people despise who the Samaritans are. So for him to be the guy that's the good guy is a shocking part of the story. And he's the one that stops. He pays for the guy to have a place to stay and to get healed up. He's the one who's the good Samaritan. Jesus asked him, which, which one of these was a good neighbor? And the lawyer says, well, it was the, the Samaritan. And Jesus says, go and do likewise. What's interesting about that story is that the original question that the lawyer is asking is, who is my neighbor? 
But Jesus' answer is not answering that question at all. Jesus is answering the question, how do I be a good neighbor? And for many of us, we're asking the question, how do I get flesh and blood to do what I want it to do? How do I, how do I tell people and make people understand how good God is? Maybe it's coming from a good place, but we're asking the wrong question. We're asking the question, how do I fix this? And Jesus is saying, maybe you should ask the question, how do I fix me? How do I let my heart be pure? And how do I be the person that God has called me to be to show love and to live the way of the cross the way I'm called to? Because the way of the cross doesn't force itself on people. It chooses to love and then gives them the opportunity to choose for themselves. He did it in the garden. There was a tree there and they had the choice. Choice matters. You can't love God unless you have the choice not to love and follow God. Choice matters over and over again in Scripture. There's a story of the prodigal son, and the father is illustrated as, as though he's a, an illustration of God, and he gives the son a choice to go and do bad things even when he didn't have to because love gives a choice. And so we don't get to wield the sword if we follow Jesus. We don't get to control the people around us. Our job is to love first and let them choose. See, because our, our ultimate goal is to show them the way of the cross. And sometimes we start with the method of showing the way rather than living the way. Sometimes we want to tell people what to do rather than show people what we're doing. See, the way of the cross comes with what Scripture says is grace and truth. Jesus came with grace and truth. He spent three years in grace. He spent three years telling people about the goodness of God. Three years healing everybody he came into contact with. Three years telling them that God loves them and showing them that God loves them. And then he showed them the way. See, truth may be the ultimate goal, but you never get to truth until you first understand love. Now, you, you've probably heard it this way. That they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. That we have to be the people that shows love before anybody can ever hear the truth. It says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. That if he's the truth, if we're going to show Jesus to the world, we have to start to reflect Jesus first before they can see the truth. Now, we were going to talk about flesh and blood before the events of this week took place. The events of this week, if you're watching maybe months from now or you've been living under a rock and haven't been seeing what's going on, is earlier this week, a man was murdered by a police officer in Minneapolis. And then the response from the African-American community and, the, and, and much of Minneapolis was to rise up and to riot. And there, you probably, if you're on social media, are seeing the, everybody's opinion of, of what should take place, what happened, the injustice that took place to George Floyd and, and how that should be remedied and the frustration with the rioting and believing that that's not a solution. And everybody wants to share their opinion. Everybody wants to be heard in this moment. And we're shouting the truth, the truth. And we're saying, this is the way I see it. And this is the way it can be fixed. And the other side saying, this is the way I see it. And this is the way it can be fixed. And everybody wants to be heard. But for some reason, we don't want to listen. That what love does is it stops for a moment and it listens. It stops so that the person that's shouting and screaming, saying, listen to the injustice that's been done to me, so that that person can be heard. Because until they're heard and know, and, and know that they're loved, they'll never understand the truth. They'll never grasp the truth. And so for us as followers of Christ, 
We, we stand up for truth. We stand up for the defenseless. But more important than us making sure that people know that we're right is that people know that we love them, that people know that we live by the way of the cross, the way of love. That is far more important because you will never get to truth until you first feel love. And so for some of us, especially those of us in the white community, those of us who have been raised and have never experienced what it's like to be an African-American in the U.S. society today, there has been an outcry and a desire to be heard from the African-American community for years, decades, potentially hundreds of years, that is saying there is an injustice that's happening to us and it's not being fixed. And for us, we, we, we have the choice to, 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 to say, hey, I want, I want to solve it this way, or here's what's going on, or to tell what we see. But maybe if we've never experienced it, maybe it's time to stop and listen so that they can be heard, so that they can know that we love them and that we will fight with them for any injustice. And that if we can get to the place where we can hear one another and that we know that each side loves each other, then there's a place where truth can come out. Then there's a, a platform. When there's love involved, there's a platform to be heard by both sides. No matter where you stand on the issue, what's more important to me as, a, as the pastor of the Brick Church, and if you're, this is your home church, you're not just watching because you heard the sermon was going to happen, but you're watching because this is your home church, what's most important to me is that you convey love more than you show people how right you are. And to do that, it means following the way of the cross. You can't control other people's outcome. You can only control your decisions, your choices, your actions. You can't figure out, how, who's my neighbor? How, how do I act with certain people and other people and change those actions? You can only figure out, how can I be a good neighbor? And in this season, in this moment, the best thing that we can do as a good neighbor is listen and to love. And if we're going to do that, it's going to take all we've got because we're going to have to sometimes keep our mouth shut and then sometimes speak up. And then we're going to have to be prayerful about when it is we speak up and when it is we keep our mouth shut. When do we listen and when do we stand up for the defenseless? That takes prayer. That takes time where you're submitting to the way of the cross over and over and over again so that you can properly portray the cross to other people. So for all of us, my challenge is just that, that we love well. Now, this moment in time, it's important that we do it, but it's going to be important that we always do it. The rest of our life, if we're going to follow the cross, means dying to ourselves and loving other people. To die to our own opinions, die to our own desire to, to prove ourselves right or to, to make a stance that, that seems right in our eyes. Die to all of that and only follow the way of the cross. The way of the cross that portrays love before it portrays truth. And there's so many ways that we do that. We do that with our enemies because Scripture tells us that they don't end up being our enemies. They think they're our enemies sometimes, but we love them anyways. We choose to forgive them. We choose to pray for them. Those people that hate on us for any number of reasons, some justified from our previous actions that we've tried to make amends for, some from maybe the color of your skin, you feel like people hate you for that, or the job that you're at, you feel like people hate you for what you do. Maybe there's a police officer watching right now, and you feel like people hate you when you don't hate them. And yet, you will choose to love because you follow the way of the cross. Maybe there's people out there who have people around them have told them that they don't like them, and you still have to go, you know what, that's not my enemy. That's flesh and blood. The spirit and the presence behind them is influencing them. That's my enemy. And the only thing that defeats that is the way of the cross. And the only thing that gets through to them is the way of love. 
And so whatever avenue you have, show love so that they can hear truth. Whatever platform you have, show love so that they can hear truth. Because flesh and blood is not our enemy. Many of us have been taught the lie that it really doesn't matter what we say, that people don't change. Dialogue matters. It matters because the way that we've been changed is through conversations with people that we know care. The way that other people will change is through conversations with people that they know care. And so on every platform you have, utilize it to share the cross. Utilize it to share the only weapon that can really change our situation, our circumstances, the only weapon that can set flesh and blood free. So I want to challenge you to do it this way, some, a practical way to potentially live this out. I want to challenge you to, to be okay having dialogue and having it with hope and with love. To be okay to, to if may, maybe now you're, you're convicted and you feel God saying, maybe there was a post that, that I still feel is true, but all it did was convey my opinion, not love. All it did was was create a wedge and a divide between two communities. All it did was further this idea that I'm not listening to what you're saying. And you can, you can, if you feel that, you can maybe take it down or apologize in the comments to have the humility to change what you're posting because you care more about the way of the cross than you do about your opinion. And maybe for some of you, you, you felt like the best method is to just stay silent. And I get that. I get the longing to, to not be in the middle of this because you don't, you maybe don't even know what you think because there's so many things going on, so many opinions you have about any of the issues going on in the world. And maybe it's time to use your platform to let people know the love of Christ and that you're listening and that you love them. Maybe it's time to use your platform to say, I don't know, but I love you and I hear you and I'm sorry for what you're going through. It may be as simple as that statement right there. I love you, I hear you, and, I, and I'm sorry for what you're going through. Every person on the planet wants to hear that. Every person wants to hear that they're loved and they're heard. Maybe, maybe that's as simple as it is. Whatever it is, take an action to, to speak with hope, to speak with love, and to listen. To listen to the dialogue that's taking place so that every person around us can be heard. And, and it's not just going to be something that happens in the midst of this racial divide and, and, and in our current state. This is an action that you, I want you to take with your children. I want you to take this type of action with, with your spouse. I want you to take this type of action at work. When, when everything's calmed down and we start to stand together better as a country and all of it, maybe one day we're going to be in this place where there, you can't tell the difference between how races are treated. But until the, and, and when that day comes, we're still going to use this method to hear other people and to hear their story and to help them feel loved. Everywhere you go, people want to be heard. And it's up to us who follow the cross to listen, let them be heard, and make sure that they feel loved. And then, and only then, will there be a moment where they might ask, tell me about Jesus. Tell me about what he did in your life. And then, and only then, might there be an opportunity for you to say, hey, I've been talking to you for a little while, and I want you to know about a God who changed my life. Maybe then, when they've heard and know that you care about them, you'll get to sit down and have a cup of coffee with them and say, hey, look, I know you're going through some stuff, but have you thought about what Jesus has done in me and how he can do it in you? Maybe the way of the cross is setting you up for an opportunity to help spread the truth. Let me pray for us. God, I thank you for this opportunity we have right now in this moment to live the way of the cross. 
that there is so much longing in us to pick up the sword and to be right and to share what we believe is right. But in this moment, may we follow the way of the cross, the way that you interacted with flesh and blood was to choose to show love and grace before you ever conveyed the truth. And God, may we discover that that love and that grace is what led us to you to know the truth. And may we discover that in a way that helps us to convey love and grace so that others can discover the truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Others of you in this moment, maybe throughout this series it's been challenging. It's, it's challenging because the sword is addictive. This, it's hard. You want to keep picking it back up. And maybe you're getting more and more convicted by the way of the cross. And if that is you, I want to challenge you to lay down your sword and follow the way of the cross. And if you're going to do that, if you're going to follow the way of the cross, it's not, you can't go halfway. You can't merge the two. You have to sell out to the way of Christ because that's what it means to be a Christ follower. And I just need you to know it will not be easy, but it will be worth it. When you say, I'm done with the way of the world, and I will follow Jesus. I accept what he's done on the cross for my sins, and I choose to follow his ways instead of my ways. It will set you free from the guilt and the shame that you've been carrying your whole life and set you on a path where you have purpose and you have design because the cross is one that has already shown you love and grace. Now I pray that you discover truth. If that's you, there's some links in the comments below that you can follow and let us know you're making that decision. If you have questions about that decision, please direct message us. Let us know so that we can have conversations with you because we actually believe dialogue matters and we want you to be heard because your story matters. And because your story matters, that story can be one that's been redeemed by God and used by God to continue the efforts of the cross to set others free. Thank you guys for joining us. We can't wait for next week as we continue the cross or the sword. Choose your kingdom. And remember, whoever finds God, finds life.